Welcome to the Chick Foley Show. What is up, Foley fam? We are back after getting extreme this past weekend. We finally got the payoff to the White Rabbit. We got some figure news for you guys, and it is going to be another outstanding episode of the Chick Foley Show. Before we go any further, let me introduce the stars of the show. Sheena, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. We had our own Extreme Rules match tonight, trying to get the uh, the kids to go to sleep so we could record this for you guys. But uh, we're here. Obviously, we came out victorious. Um, hopefully, they don't they don't come back, uh, you know, and, and interrupt the, interrupt the flow. Yeah, that's uh, it's 50, 50. We definitely could have some outside <laughs> interference. interference and shenanigans on this episode tonight. Uh, Marco, what's up in Boston? Uh, nothing much. Just, uh, you know, finish, finished up uh, AEW dynamite tonight. Pretty good show. Um, got a new episode of open mic dropping sometime. I, uh, interviewed, uh, over the moonsault or Casey, um, is her name. So yeah, it was a really good discussion and uh, can't wait for everyone to hear it. Yeah. yeah barring she, any, cool. uh, yes, yeah, she, she's been on a few of the pod foundation shows at this point, uh, barring any unforeseen uh, technical difficulties, we will be releasing that episode of open mic on Sunday morning. So something for you guys to listen to on the way to, or from church, or if you're heathens like us, just something to listen to while you're getting your beers iced down for Sunday NFL football. Uh, speaking of heathens, Jordan, what's happening, man? <laughs> oh, you know, just uh, being extremely uh, uh, tired. I, I don't even know what to describe right now. Man. This has been a hell of a week. I don't have uh, kids to worry about going to sleep. Zoe goes to sleep whenever she wants, so can't relate there, guys. Sorry. I've considered that, dude. I've given thought to that, just surrendering on in the, the war on bedtime and just letting, you know... Sometimes I feel like that's the best option. I mean, if it weren't if it weren't for we know the the limits of our kids, dude. Like they they can hang pretty well, dude. Well, like the thing is, like Brett will we'll do a quick parenting corner. Brett would sleep in if he stayed up late, but Sissy will stay up late and then wake up at <laughs> six in the morning regardless, yeah. and just be you know not in good shape the entire well, next let me day. Get, so so yeah, we, th- this uh, is this really- is how we did bedtime with Zoe. We basically let her to go, go to bed when she wanted, and it kind of got her into a routine. And then she started going to bed before like. It usually was about eight thirty every night. She'd sleep till seven. I mean, dude, it just—I don't know—it just kind of worked for us. And dude, that would be money if I. Yeah, I mean, I'm not eight thirty to seven would be money. The problem is with 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 one. If we just had Brett, dude, that I I I think I would just let it go, dude. But Sissy is like this wild card. Stella is the (laughs) man. She's something else. And if she doesn't if she doesn't get the proper amount of sleep, she's a terrorist, straight up terrorist. So. Yeah, we got to keep some semblance of order and, you know, we'll, we'll be on the other side of this thing one day and be like, oh, remember when they were so sweet and little? But, you know, yeah, not Gina, tonight. What is new on the farm? Um, well, we got a little extreme on the farm this evening. Um, you know, last week we kind of touched on how we have a broody hen who wanted to sit on some eggs. Well, the future women's champion, the wild card, went out there and decided she was going to grab all those eggs and smash them. So uh, things got a little extreme. Uh, there was no like little chicken babies in there. So, you know, it, all is well. I just found like all the empty shells on the uh, on the ground. So we had an extreme rules match out in the out in the hen house tonight. Also, we are um, adopting a new animal farm animal to Ouch. the uh to the wow this weekend uh we're getting him from the the tavern shelter it's uh we're gonna have a hawk over on <laughs> our uh, our farm on on sunday so we're we're super excited to kind of uh see see what that's all about we're gonna have hawk over to watch football and you know maybe we can record an episode of long balls after yeah it should be fun you know me and jordan have kind of unofficially officially become the two newest members of the long balls show over on turnbuckle taverns uh youtube page it's their nfl show and it's a ton of fun uh and and hawk you know he works in the film industry and he's in we found out he's actually in memphis for the next few months so yeah we decided to have him over for some sunday football and we'll see how it goes no it's gonna be fun hawk, hawk seems like a really uh, a really cool dude so we're excited to to meet him in person beyond our just pod foundation family and uh just chill and watch some football 
We want to remind you guys to show some love to the rest of the Pod Foundation crew. Check out John Swallow coming down the aisle. And, of course, the Extra Cooler Show. They are uh, deep into their Ultimate Warriors uh, you know, journey into, into the abyss, into the supernatural uh, series they got going. So that's been a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, follow at Pod Foundation on Instagram to stay up on all the latest with all four shows. Uh, we want to remind you guys to use code Chick Foley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles. They have their Halloween sale going down right now. So a lot of awesome figures that you can save some money on. And Sheena, before we get into the wrestling, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley. Marco running the Twitter machine over at Chick Foley Show. Find all the links to all of our partners and all the things where we post all of our content at ChickFoley.com. All right. You guys ready to get into it? Yep. So I think we got to start at the finish, Extreme Rules. It was a great show, but obviously the thing that's on everybody's mind is the reveal of the White Rabbit. Uh, Sheena, what were your thoughts on the payoff for this really, really cool, unique angle that WWE's ran over the past month? I mean, I thought it paid off in all the right ways. I I just, I was so in the moment, you know, I I think it's easy now to look back and be like, man, where is this going to go? How is this going to play long term and all of that? But in that moment, like, it was so awesome and we were so worried that they weren't going to give us the payoff at extreme rules. We were worried they were just going to kind of keep dangling that carrot uh, in front of us. But dude, triple H is he's, he's got his freaking foot on the gas and he's not ready to let it up. And just kind of the reveal of Bray Wyatt. Um, and the way when he unmasked in that pop, like I legitimately got goosebumps, dude, it was just such a good moment. I've always been a big fan of Bray Wyatt. Love him. I know, I know Jordan was stoked uh, as, as our show, uh, number one Bray Wyatt fan. So yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, you, you're a big horror movie aficionado like us. What did you think of the, like the character design and everything on the actual Firefly Funhouse creatures as they came to life? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was really well done. Um, I was actually at a 40th birthday party that night. So Seth actually sent me the video of the, like whatever it was, three minute video. And I watched it while I was sitting there just absolutely jacked that he's back. Um, yeah, the character thing was cool. Um, I think if I would have been watching that live, I would have been a little nervous they were going to play a trick on us at the end. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's No, dude, if you were watching that live, there would have just been tears coming yeah. down your cheeks, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like, yeah. I... Yeah. Don't, don't try to play it cool. You would not have been nervous. You would have been bawling like yeah, a baby. You would have been H-A-R-D. Hey, man, you guys sure. don't know me. Dude, my, my wrestling heart is like so... We don't know you. Hey, Come hey, on, hey. bro. My wrestling heart is like so blackened over the years because usually when like I expect something awesome to happen, it usually ends up horrible. So just relax <laughs> telling me how well you know me. Like, dude, I'm telling you, I would have still been suspicious that they were going to screw us over, but... Um, like Sheena said, dude, Triple H is just giving us everything we want right now. And yeah, man, I'm so happy he's back. I, I, I think they're going to do really big things with him. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very, very cool. Like hard to think of a, a better way that they could have executed it. Um, Marco, I have not had a chance to listen to the raw down yet this week. I know you guys probably already got this guy fantasy booked out. Uh, for the next few months, um, you know, Jordan before the night was even over, he's already saying that Bray's going to beat Roman. You know, Bray's going to squash Roman for <laughs> the belt squash, next week on Raw. Never said squash. <laughs> never said that. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go that far. What's What's your thoughts, Marco? Where do you think this is going to go as far as in the ring, man? Like, who is his first feud going to be against? Um, I think I think they should do the same thing they did when he came back uh, with the Firefly Funhouse. Is not have him in a match right away. Um, kind of just build, build up, have him come out, you know, uh, maybe not come out, do whatever. Uh, but basically just cut a promo, um, and kind of, kind of storytell, um, up until, cause you don't know who, who he's going to really face. I was thinking maybe edge, it, um, it would be a pretty cool opponent. Uh, but it seems like they're continuing him with judgment day. Um, but, uh, I, I don't know. They, you know, it, it seems like they may be recruiting some people for him. Um, I think that Wyatt six thing may be happening. 
Um, I'm not sure if anyone's seen. Yeah, he's best. Uh, we said it before. He's best with a faction, I yeah. think, because he's better in small doses. Bray has always been like that. I feel like he's just somebody who, like, you don't need to see him on TV nope. every week. Like, back when they were giving him the microphone and letting him cut those long backstage promos every single week, like, that's when we were just kind of, like, rolling our eyes. Because it's not that what he was doing was bad. It's just that when you overexpose something like that, it kind of desensitizes you to it. Whereas, like, if you just sprinkle it in here and here and there, it's like... Dude, it's like magic. So I think, yeah, if they recruit him a nice faction, just allow him, allow us some time to breathe, yeah. right? Just like put him in, let him do some awesome things and then give him time to breathe and bring him in when it really matters and not try to make it a weekly appearance. Um, I think they can, they can really make a lot of this. this yeah. New and they kind of like, it, there's like a little, um, they did a backstage. Well, it really wasn't an interview. Um, it was Liv Morgan. I'm not sure if everyone's seen that where they were trying to find her and she was kind of like hiding like in the like in this like shadowy like dark area and she kind of looked like she was kind of disheveled and stuff um and he's gonna uh, apparently he's appearing on smackdown this week so um i'm thinking she's gonna yeah, get i've heard some people um kind of just yeah i've heard some people theorize that lives in kind of involved because when ronda choked her out you know she was kind of like yeah, smiling yeah. and kind of all eerily and stuff so yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, that that could be cool. I like Liv. That might be a good position for. Her, but I feel like she's always going to be compared to Alexa. You know, she's still dating. Uh, oh, yeah, Bo so, Dallas, so obviously, too. I'm sure that you know her and Bray have a relationship outside the ring. So yep. maybe they've been, maybe Bray had been wanting to work with her yeah. and help it, get her elevated. But yeah, you're right. It's going to be hard to. Uh, it's going to seem like just a retread of what they did with Alexa Bliss, unless they really well, execute the, it well. The, the original mm-hmm. person for that uh, role was supposed to be Liv. Um, before they went with, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously we know who picked Alexis over Liv, um, which, which is, he's not here anymore, but, uh, I'm thinking that they're just going to rehash what they, what they're going to do with, uh, with Liv in the beginning and hopefully it works out. Um, and Bo Dallas is supposedly coming back too. That was another rumor. Um, that he's coming back to the WWE. So. I think that'd be cool. We've been, we've been clamoring for, uh, you know, a long time ago. I remember we were asking for Bo to work with Bray, you know, it just seemed pretty we need, natural. But we need Bo Wyatt to be a thing. Yeah. How much, how much sure. of the, of the uh, like people breaking down like the characters in the crowd stuff did you guys watch? Because there's been a lot of it this week. Because like somebody broke down um, um, that Abigail had two belts hanging behind her. It was the Raw and SmackDown women's yeah, titles. And seen that. Um, Alexa Bliss was the first oh, wow. Raw and SmackDown champion. So uh, a lot of people think, think it's her. Um, yeah, there was a lot of breakdown. Somebody's wearing gloves, so somebody speculated it was Dexter Loomis. I don't know, man. These people go down a wormhole, and I'm just like, dude, how do you? Ha- oh, I know. I don't understand how people have this much time, but yeah, yeah man, <laughs> I'm I'm excited. Seth called me basically an idiot for saying he was going to have a faction, which I think he's the idiot on this one. So we'll, we'll just we'll let yeah, it run. I think you're. I think I think if you don't think Bray. Yeah. Well, no. Why would you trademark Wyatt Six and have like you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think the reason he's not going to have a faction is because one, having a faction that's inherently like a heel move, right? And Bray, the obviously he he might be the biggest babyface in the biz right now. The crowd is ready to embrace him. I don't see any babyface actually getting booed against him or getting any kind of or, or yeah, nobody uh, I mean, likes no, the bloodline. I mean, no babyface getting uh getting cheered against him. Um, I mean the. Yeah, I mean, the bloodline, they get a pop because people are excited to see him, but people were still rooting for Matt Riddle to beat Roman. People were, were still rooting for Drew but they McIntyre weren't, they to weren't beat Roman. They eight were months for- ago, six months ago. I mean, it like, dude, I think, I mean, yeah, of course, now, like, over two years into the, the hit Roman's reign, he, I think people are kind of like, yeah, let's let Matt Riddle beat him, dude. But that wasn't the case, like, a few months ago. I mean, every faction in I the just, history I think doesn't that- get booed, though. Like, I think that's a pretty bold statement that every faction in history has gotten booed. Like, you don't have to be a heel to be in a faction. I'm not saying they're getting booed, but I feel like if, if Bray's the leader of the faction, like... I mean, in my mind, the way you guys are describing it is, you know, classic heel style faction where basically somebody's got to work their way through all the rest of the guys before they face Bray. That's how you keep Bray special, where he's only wrestling, you know, a handful of matches a year. Um, I don't know. I just I think it's going to be his first feud is going to be crucial, man. You know, Seth had that big interview with Ariel Hawani where he talked about how a lot of people don't come out better on the other side of it after working with him. Um, you know, obviously Triple H is batting a thousand right now creatively, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how it shakes out. I know Bray's going to kill it with whatever they have for him to do, 
Uh, I'm just wondering about who's going to be on the other side of things. Well, a lot him. of people haven't come out better on the other side of working with Bray because there's all been so many times when we've been led to believe that Bray was about to have his breakthrough moment and like come out on top. And then, you know, they let this just like baby face just go over on him, dude. And it's like so frustrating, dude. So yeah, then you're pissed off. You're like, oh, you know, screw, screw Seth Rollins, you know, like why would he beat the fiend? You know, and Hey, that's happened so many freaking times in Bray's career that I feel like yeah, WrestleMania yeah, you know, 30. That's why he, nobody comes out. Yeah, WrestleMania 30 when he yeah. wrestled Cena, dude. Like people were more pissed about that than Taker Street getting broken. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, yeah, I just yeah. That to me, that's why nobody comes out better. I mean, obviously the supernatural element, you know, is it can only go so far. But I think people are just inherently tired of seeing. Bray Wyatt get his ass kicked at the end at the end of a feud that he mo- more often than not carries the weight of. Yeah, I just if I'm booking it, I'm making him like the Undertaker from like '93 to '96. Like keep him away from the belt, let him be a special attraction, and just have you know some really cool storylines and angles and everything. But maybe not necessarily be you know compete neck and neck with like you know the Roman Reigns and the Seth Rollins yeah, of the well, world. I- did you watch that whole interview with with Seth Rollins? That whole Ariel Hawani interview? Yeah. It, I, I would argue that not he would probably be the only one that didn't come out on the other side a good against Bray. I would, I mean, I would wholeheartedly argue with that. That's what I think he was kind of speaking to because Cena was totally fine. Undertaker is totally fine coming out with a feud from him. Goldberg is totally fine. <laughs> like, Roman was completely fine. Was he though? Was Goldberg fine? Well, I mean, he did yeah. win a title from him, so I mean. Well, I think Seth was mostly talking about, I think Seth was saying Bray, but I think he was really talking about the Fiend character specifically. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I was going to say, that's. I, I, I would say he's the only one that really didn't benefit from having a feud with uh, Bray Wyatt in the, or Slash. Yeah, Seth, Seth took a huge knock when he uh, when he came out on the other side of the Fiend, for sure. I mean, it killed off the the Beast Slayer gimmick that yeah. he was working. It killed off that. Daniel Bryan was, you know, cooled down considerably um, for for a couple months after after he did the Fiend thing. Um, and obviously, Braun Strowman, you know, he was never he never recovered after his. <laughs> yeah, Strowman. he never just, saw him after after he swamped. But I think hopefully, we, it's, I feel like we're going to go back to a more grounded version of Bray, like something closer to debut Bray yeah. as opposed to the Fiend. Um, I'd be here for that. I like really I like cool. culty Bray better than magical, mythical, supernatural yeah. Bray for sure. All right, Jordan, we'll let you get the last words since you're the biggest Bray fan we know. At WrestleMania 39 in Los Angeles, what is Bray going to be doing? Probably wrestling Randy Orton in a fucking match with fucking earthworms being portrayed on the ring. <laughs> Damn, you're going that negative already, dude. Oh they have zero. I history. mean, he could have a blow off. Him dude, and they have zero history of them doing this correctly. Like, I, until they do it right, I, I'm not going to believe that they can get it right. I know you guys said Triple H is batting a thousand. You're right, he is. But until they do this character right, I have no faith in him to get it right. I'm sorry. I just I don't. would be down for like a uh, and I mean I could even potentially see it like main of any night one Bray Wyatt Randy Orton Hell in the Cell to just blow off their feud once and for all because even though the two WrestleMania matches were both uh, you know Chick Foley trademark wet farts they do have a hell of a storyline like yeah. just mythology wrapped up between the two of those guys I mean, over Ray, the years. Randy burned down the freaking Wyatt compound. Yeah, but, he burned the feed. Or- yeah. Oh yeah, and he burned the feed. Orton has to be wrestling Riddle at WrestleMania, dude. There's no other way they can go with that. I, I just, I do not believe yeah, that that match I'm- is not happening at WrestleMania. I don't know, man. Because I've even said it before that even when Bray won the title Elimination Chamber, that run was not a success, and people were fucking jacked that he won the title, and then he lost it to Orton in one of the worst WrestleMania matches I think I've ever seen. So, I don't know, man. I I, I still have my doubts. Um, If not Randy, I don't know who else he'd really be working with that makes sense. Maybe Cody. If they're not ready to put Cody, uh, you know, up against Roman, they could... Bray could come in and kind of screw Cody out of the rumble or I something mean, I, like that. I, that could, that could be I'm a cool not match because they've been the two. Uh, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but if they don't get the rock, dude, Bray and Roman are mainly eventing night two would be fucking awesome. Yeah, I, I, I don't even care who wins that match. I just think that would be awesome. 
Don't yeah. lie, you, dude. If Roman beat Bray at night two at WrestleMania, you would Fuck be WWE. hot. You would be so hot. So I'm dude. at the point now. You guys are like used to be 100 percent right. I'm at the point now where WWE is going to have to prove me wrong that they're going to do something right at this point for me as far as Bray is concerned. You guys, man, you finally turned the corner, dude. Well, so how how come how come that's happened with you with WWE, but here you are still clinging to the freaking Atlanta Falcons after all these years, dude. They've done you dirty and wrong more than anybody in the history of freaking your lifetime dude sports is different than wrestling though and you're and you're and you're still holding on <laughs> who said anything about me holding on to hope that they were gonna win anything i've already made peace with the fact that because every sunday every sunday you were out there shouting into the ether and the twitterverse about these freaking falcons and how pissed off you are and how they should be better I, and i'm just like bro th- this is the same story i've heard 10 years ago i mean ago. they're just it's just a poorly managed franchise when it comes down to it i'm not gonna argue with th- there's no point in arguing that i mean it's 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 kind of like Vince McMahon at 80 years old managing WWF. It's just not good. <laughs> Remember, tune into the long balls on Turnbuckle Tavern's YouTube channel every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central for all your NFL talk. Let's get back to Extreme Rules. Sheena, what was your match of the night? I mean, I think the Donnie Brook was freaking just insane dude like i thought seamus and gunther just put on an absolute barn burner and historically if you've been around since the original days of this show we have a long-standing joke about you know seamus just not being not being the guy right like we always joke that he's just seamus he's just seamus right uh but i am so happy to see seamus actually having a moment a meaningful moment where he looks like he's just really enjoying himself he's just getting out there and putting on some freaking awesome matches and uh yeah, I you just love to see it, and obviously, like huge fans of you know Walter. I just I still can't call him Gunther. Walter around here, and uh, Gunther. Yeah, Gunther. that that match was just a freaking banger. Yeah, uh, you know, you guys heard it on the preview show last week. We said that that was the big candidate to steal the show. It was a great match. I think that's probably my match of the night as well. With the uh, the ladder match between Bianca Bailey, Bianca Belair, and Bailey coming in a very close second. I. I was really entertained by that match. Uh, damage Control's interference was was pretty cool. They had some good spots. And, dude, there's almost nothing better in wrestling than seeing a baby face. It's truly over with the crowd. Like, that crowd came alive big time whenever Bianca was finally climbing the ladder to win. And that, that's just always a fun thing to see in wrestling, whether you're whether you're a fan of the uh, the particular baby face in question or not. So that's my that's my close runner-up. Uh, Jordan, how about you, man? What was your match of the yeah, night? Yeah, the Donnie Brook match was awesome, but... Uh, here's what I'm gonna say about Seamus. Isn't it amazing? Hit one of his really good friends gets in charge, and all of a sudden they unlock Seamus to what he actually can be. Like, pretty, <laughs> they unlock. Sheamus. I mean, seriously, dude. Like this dude is putting on like match of the night every time he comes out there. Like it, it's pretty unreal to me. Like the the turn Seamus has had in the last three yeah. months. Like I've always liked Seamus. I, mean, I just even though even though we've yeah. Go ahead. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna now. I was just gonna say, dude. Sheamus always gives a hundred percent when he's out there, dude. He's always hitting hard. He's always freaking putting forth the effort, dude. Like that's one thing you can say about Sheamus is he gets out there and he just does the damn thing. And you know, say what you will, but the guy always tries to do what he can with whatever shit gimmicks WWE freaking plops on his head. So yeah. I mean, we, we've seen Sheamus in every every iteration that there is. So you know, good for him. Marco, what was your match of the night? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to pick opposite, um, and it was the longest match of the night. I'm going to go with uh, Finn Balor and Edge, um, just because of the storyline at the end. Um, I, I was I like the fact that they didn't have Beth Phoenix just sitting at ringside, and you knew she was going to be there. I mean, obviously, we had, our, we had an idea that she was going to be there, and that was going to be the only way you're going to make Edge say I quit. But I think they, I think they did that, um, that, that end of the match uh, really well um, with her coming in that stare down with Rhea and and Beth Phoenix was pretty awesome. So yeah, um, I'm glad that, that yeah, great. Finn Ballard won. So that kind of, you know, that kind of, you can, you know, the judgment day can roll on a little bit longer um, with that win over edge. Um, the judgment day is cooking. Dude. Yeah, so. I think, I think they're, they're one of the best things going in WWE right now. They, they had a slow start, but I think the judgment day, like Bria and Dom and Damian, all of them. I just, I think they're, I think they're doing great stuff. Yeah, right now. Like, we'll, uh, we're going to find out pretty soon what Triple H really thinks of them because I can see it from here at Survivor Series. We're going to get Edge and Beth versus probably 
Finn and Rhea, I'm assuming. And, you know, if Judgment Day goes over in that one, then I think that they're really going to do something. But I hope this isn't all just a build for them to get served up on a platter to edge once again. Mm. Thanks for sucking the wind yeah. out of there. <laughs> well done, Seth. It just stunned you guys into silence there, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, Edge, Edge has kind of had Judgment Day's number since this feud started, you know, and they've taken a lot of L's. Um, Finn Balor supposedly is in line for a big push with Triple H in charge. So I hope I'm wrong because I've never been a big Edge fan to begin with. But I just it would not surprise me one bit to see Edge and Beth standing tall at uh, Survivor Series if, if that match ends up yeah. happening. But what if we did? What if they're like the the Survivor Series match? What if we have that freaking, could be cool you know, too, like the Judgment Day? Um, yeah, you then, get Edge, uh, Edge, Ray, and and AJ and Beth maybe like do like a mixed tag Survivor I, Series or, we, or War Games. We, Remember, yeah, we got War I think Games it's gonna be yeah, the, and we got the, we the club. Um, Gallows and Anderson back. Dude. Yeah, I think the War yeah. Games match is gonna be yeah. Judgment Day in the club. That's what that's what I'm banking on right now. Who are they gonna get for their fourth? Or I'll see what you th- you think. Just like three on three. Um, I mean, they can add, they can add, Rey, or, uh, they can add Rey Mysterio to the club and they can... Well, who's the Judgment Day sport going to be? It's going to be Rey in the club against Judgment Day and Rhea. <laughs> Rhea, so Rhea. What? Hold on. You got me confused. Because Judgment Day is three dudes and a chick. Yeah. Yep. If oh, it's the club, so you're that's going to be right? four guys. Yeah, it's right. going to be freaking... <laughs> I mean, AJ just be the... hitting the Styles Clash on Rhea Ripley and shit. <laughs> I mean, Rhea, she, she's of the stature that I think we, we could all just be like, I mean, okay, it'd be cool, cool dude, but like, it'd be tough to buy a bunch of baby faces just beating down a dude, woman. Dude, they're setting this up for Rhea to wrestle the dudes, though. I mean... Yeah, I think so. They, they've already planted the seeds of her wrestling the dudes. I mean, she they're basically building her like China at this point of we, Judgment Day, so mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to be surprised when Rhea is wrestling at Survivor Series against the dudes. Yeah, we were actually talking about that on, uh, on, uh, on my interview with um, Over the Moon, so we actually talked about why there isn't any like intergender wrestling in WWE. And I'm thinking maybe since Triple H is in charge now, who knows? You might see a little, might see a little change happen. We'll see. Yeah, that could be cool. We haven't, uh, they've been, they've had a little bit more contact with the, you know, male on female over the last like maybe year or so, but nothing like it was back in the Attitude Era when Jeff Jarrett was just whopping people with guitars and putting them in the figure four. Sending ladies through tables. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you guys have any big letdowns from Saturday uh, night? The pit fight. <laughs> I was, was yeah, it that. was a little bit flat. Yeah, yeah. that was that was going to be my. I, I felt like the, I feel like the fight pit man yeah. after seeing it on pay per view and and how it was different how they actually put it around like the yeah. ring because in NXT it was always off to the side of the yep. stage. I feel like the fight pit works better as a as like a big like hyped up raw or smackdown main event as opposed to a pay-per-view match man mm-hmm. it's just it's so different the flow of it is so different from a regular wrestling match and i just felt like it was it was hard for the guys to kind of ever get out of third gear I yeah thought. i was expecting seth rollins to be like dressed up like a mma dude like his uh his gear but he went for the rvd look which was obviously i get it the 420 yeah. um but i thought he was gonna kind of mock like um dc or you know even riddle like kind of dress just like riddle something like that where the shorts or no shit i thought he's gonna do something like that that would have probably bumped it up a little bit but yeah wasn't wasn't totally impressed with that match i don't know it was the it was the perfect match though to like end before they brought out uh yeah bray because there was no championship title wouldn't like somebody's like standing at the you know on the ring post or on the turnbuckle just like holding up the freaking title belt you know before the we see the bray it was kind of just like a chill ending riddle yeah leaving and then the lights go down um so the crowd wasn't already worked into a frenzy or anything yeah so that was good i I thought i thought ronda and Liv was kind of a i mean not that we expect had high expectations (laughs) for it but i feel like it just kind of fell flat on that card of really awesome matches like it was just like banger after banger and then we had Liv and ronda those weapon shots man they needed to either lay it in or just not even use them you Mm -hmm. know yeah. Ronda and Liv just have like no chemistry in the ring. Like all their matches are. It's just are, a mixed match. It's, it's just yeah. like a flat match, mainly because you can't even buy Liv actually beating Ronda. So that's part of the problem. That's been the problem since day one. Everybody's like, oh, they made they made Liv look like a weak champion. It wasn't that they made her look like a weak champion. I mean, she was more like a people's champion anyway, but feeding her to Ronda right off the bat was just a was just a terrible, you know 
it was just it was just doomed from the beginning, dude. It was just never going to work. Yeah, Ronda's a unique talent. I think that's why her matches with Charlotte have traditionally been the best because Charlotte's probably the only female on the roster that can really match her physicality. I'm I'm hoping, man, that maybe the instead I, I I know they're probably going to end up doing Becky and Ronda one on one at Mania, but I would love to see Ronda and Bianca Belair mix it up because oh, you know yeah. Bianca Belair is a super athlete just like Charlotte is. I think they could be. Uh, a really interesting matchup in the awesome. ring. But yeah, Ronda needs somebody that can get it rough in there. Uh, it's just, it doesn't quite work with Liv, man. Like I love Liv, but that's just not her style whatsoever. She's on, she's more of a throwback to almost like the Divas era than she is with some of the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the really, really talented in-ring workers of today's women's division. Yeah. All right, let's have a drink before we talk some figures. All right, we had an extended uh, music break right there. Uh, Jordan, tell us what you're drinking this week. I am drinking a pumpkin ale by Wild Onion Brewery out of Lake Barrington, Illinois. It is delicious. Go ahead, Marco. What are you drinking? I know. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jordan. Sorry, Seth's over here, Seth had the, Seth over here messing with the uh, the cooler. Oh, so I already had it cooler. on me. Oh, my God. Oh, I know. I was trying to. I was going to pick up where Seth left off. You already said your uh, your drink. And then I was like, okay, well, you know. Well, well, well thank you, Jordan. for pa- So what you drinking, Marco? <laughs> for passing over. So, so since uh, Jordan put us on blast last week for not drinking anything pumpkin-oriented, um, <laughs> I went ahead and grabbed uh by uh, the pumpkin pie scraper uh, that I had, yeah. uh, I think the like the week before by uh, by Night Shift Brewing, and it is uh it is fantastic. I I, I, f- I felt bad that I let Jordan down last week, so if they're not drinking any pumpkin beers, and at least I'm doing it, Jordan. So Marco understands the reason for the season. <laughs> I am still uh, pumpkin beerless. No 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 type of uh, fall themed beers for me yet, but I am gonna hit. My uh, craft beer spot tomorrow, so so we'll see. I may I may load up on some stuff. I'm keeping it as basic as it gets with a Miller Lite tonight, but it's uh it's it's getting the job done. You know, it was a long day, so I'm taking it easy. I don't want to hit any of the big like double IPAs or nothing at at 10:30 at night as we're recording this. Yeah, I am. You know, it's it's still sober October over here. I am drinking some electrolytes. I have an element. It's a it's a chocolate one. It's delicious. Lame. It's uh, full of magnesium, potassium, sodium. So, you know, it'll just keep me energized, help me sleep tonight. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's the fuel that your body really needs. Gene, I'm starting to get worried about you. You used okay, to be the on that- queen of horror and Halloween. Like, I <laughs> yeah. feel like you need to drive down there and take you away for a weekend or something. Like, something's going on with Sheena. I don't, I don't, can't put my finger on it, but something's not right. <laughs> oh man i'm getting i'm getting old dude and i'm i'm a mom of two kids and you know that's it, you just start to lose all like everybody's like oh yeah moms aren't cool we're not cool we're definitely not cool we're just Dang. we're lame nowadays on that note let's hear from the two bad chats from turnbuckle tavern drop by and visit the turnbuckle tavern where every Thursday we give you the most in-depth analysis of all things AEW, as well as dive into Impact Wrestling, NWA, and all things indie. If you like heated debates, compelling interviews, and a shot of nostalgia, you'll love the Turnbuckle Tavern, available on Apple and Spotify. Drink it in. It always goes down smooth. Brought to you by Ringside Collectibles. This is our weekly segment where we dive into all the latest in wrestling figure news. We're going to start off with some uh, just some quick hitter figure reviews from some of the newest stuff in stock. First off, we have the WrestleMania 39 Elite. Sheena's got the all the figures set here in front of us. Give us some of your quick thoughts on this uh, this series, Sheena. 
Uh, I think the Macho Man's probably the best of the of the set. Super colorful. Love the pants. Love the King Macho gimmick. Um, all the other ones. I mean, the Rock's pretty pretty basic. It's just like your average Rock figure. Uh, the Hollywood Hogan. We've already seen several iterations of that. And you know, polka dot Dusty's cool. We're getting the yellow polka dots instead of the black polka dots. But we all know the American Dream is actually the best version of Dusty Rhodes. So. I don't, uh, I'm not sure why they didn't go with the tan skin tone for Hulk Hogan. You know, the last few Hulks have had that solid, like, roller dog orange tan, but this one's back to regular, uh, regular skin colored. Uh, you know, I was a little bit out of wrestling at the time. Like, in 2002, was Hogan not as tan as he, uh, as he was prior, Jordan? Man, I always only remember Hogan as the hot dog tan Hogan, so I guess I'm not gonna be much help on that one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they've just, they've spoiled us, man. Like, that... When they started using that skin tone for him, it really did set the figures apart. Um, it just does not pop the same with the uh, just the, the regular color, but it's still a cool figure. And you know, he's him and the Rock from the series are from that WrestleMania 18 match, which was truly iconic. So, a must-have for any uh, any Hollywood Hogan fans out there. Uh, Sheen, you want to grab the Royal Rumble elites and give us your thoughts on those? These actually just came in the mail today. It's the uh, Damian Priest in the white, Vader, Brie Bella, and the um who's the fourth one on that damian priest oh yeah and ray mysterio i forget about ray. he was like the throw-in for oh, the I thought set. It was damian priest yeah so the white white gear damian Pri- damian price <laughs> damian priest looks the looks awesome i love the white gear face sculpt is on point um you get the doc Hendricks arms alongside it um the vader is cool i love that they sculpted on the the face mask mm. now instead of having the removable face mask because that removable face mask never really like you could just never get it to set just just right or just perfect and um this looks way way better so yeah digging the vader it comes with the vader hands also vader. gotta get the uh i need to bust my other vader out because i want to see if the helmet fits over the the molded mask but the molded mask does look great so may have to do a little bit of uh modification on that helmet to get to work on this figure, but it is a really cool figure. We got Brie Bella. The fact that we're getting a Brie Bella in uh, 2022 was a little surprising. She just seems kind of a little bit out of place, but she, she has had some pretty, you know, a major Royal Rumble moment. So, um, looks great. Nothing really to say. I mean, your standard red and black. It's her best figure, but I don't think it's a must have unless you're just a Brie Bella completionist. And then same thing with Ray. Ray's like the, he just seems like there's like a quota, like every other set Mattel (laughs) releases nowadays, like there's got to be a Ray figure in there, man. Like, I don't know. Are are you guys like big on grabbing two dozen Ray Mysterio figures or what? No, not even close. I don't know who, there's got to be somebody out there, man. Cause there, I can't imagine they'd be pumping these figures out if they weren't selling Seems like every, these Ray figures are just nonstop, man. There's always multiple Rays on the pegs. Dude, the Royal Rumble set is usually one of my favorite sets of the year, and this one just seems like a. I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of this set, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Vader was the only one I was super excited for, just because even though the Elite 31 Vader was tremendous, I was looking forward to upgrade with the added articulation on the elbows and stuff, and, and I thought the new molded mask looked cool. But yeah, it's. Doc Hendricks is probably the best figure in the set just because, you know, any of those new gen uh, guys, it, it's always fun adding those to the collection. Uh, Jordan, we finally, after months and months of waiting, got the no holds barred set in hand, man. What, what do you think of this thing, man? Like, t- take us through this incredible release from Mattel Creations. This thing is beautiful. Um, it really is hard for me not to bust it open. Um, it, just being in the video cassette, it, it just looks so cool. Um, having that box over the top of it is really painful. I actually might throw that out and just have the figure displayed because those figures are awesome. I love the way they're facing off inside the the case and everything. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So happy to have it in hand. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was definitely worth the wait, man. I, I was. I, I'm still not going to let Mattel Creations totally out the hook with with um how this release just went down, man. Like they told us it was going to be ready to ship right away. And it was damn near three months later once we're finally getting them. But the figures are incredible, man. I, I can only imagine what they're going to do for the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive next year to top it. Cause this thing was awesome, man. I'm still holding out hope that we get that suburban commando figure, man. I think that would be a proper uh, San oh. Diego Comic-Con and a nice follow-up to this. Get a, uh, a Shep Ramsey ultimate edition. My biggest, my biggest beef. You guys are telling me y'all, y'all wouldn't buy that. I, I mean, I would, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking they should go LT and Bam Bam 
for the ultimate yeah. edition. That would be cool too. Yeah, I, I would definitely go for that, man. That was a WrestleMania 11. Yeah. Um, what are you guys thinking for the next crowdfund, dude? It's, it, it's got to be coming up around the corner. It has to be the Raw stage. Either the Raw stage or Nitro. It has, it has to be the Raw stage. Dude, I just don't know. I'm just thinking size-wise, man. How do you execute that? I mean, I mean, I mean, dude, they just did the cane with with that ring. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I just, I, I might be wrong on this, and maybe I am, but I just, I feel like that's what's coming. I mean, yeah, maybe they're gonna take a year yeah. off from it. I, I don't know, man. Th- this last one did not go well. Like, it got funded, obviously, but it was just a disaster. Mattel Creations has some work to do because. Yeah. Th- this whole thing has been a disaster. Now the retros are showing up on ringside collectibles. Like, dude, this is, I don't know, man, my biggest beef with the, I mean, the ultimate edition arena showed up on ringside. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. biggest beef with, uh, it's just going to be tougher to get funded too, dude. Cause that like when the Mattel, uh, ring was being funded, dude, that's still back when like, it was like, like hot uh, collectibles were freaking, you know, flying off the shelves. Things were hot, you know, inflation hadn't fully yep. set in yet. And now I think it's just going to be a much tougher, a much tougher buy for people to just like give Mattel a $250 loan. Yeah. I know? think it's all going to be the figures that are included with it. That's going to drive it. Cause there's so many people who just don't care anything about the ring or like the entrance stage. They just did it to get that ultimate diesel, yeah. Yeah. ultimate doink and ultimate Oh yeah, you saw out, when so. it happened, like all the rings went up on, went up for sale and then like the, the figures, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I think on the figures. whatever, whatever accessory or whatever, like they give us to help build out like our world of action figures, I think will be fun and get people excited, but whether it gets funded or not is going to depend all the way on the, uh, on the figures, man. That, it dude, the raw stage, it would be cool. I almost hope that they do it like maybe like it's sixty percent scale or something, just so that way I can get it and have room to set it up, dude. If they do like a full like ultimate edition scale raw <laughs> entrance stage, like I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have to kick one of the kids out of their bedroom or something to have a place to set this thing up. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, Did you see, in, yeah, like Brett, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a Monday night raw uh inspired room theme this year. <laughs> in a related note, I did uh Go ahead and pre-order that stupid fucking cane against better better judgment, but yeah, 140 bucks is. Uh, nope, I held off on it, that. Dude. I have to have that cane, man. I just I hate it. You should start maybe posting the Facebook group and see if there's somebody that just really wants that ring but doesn't care about the cane figure, and maybe they can kind of subsidize the yeah. cost for you. You know what I mean? Just kick the ring over to them as soon as it comes in. I honestly just might give that ring away to somebody. I don't even care at this point. I just have to have that cane. I hate that they did it, but I don't know, man. It's just money. It, it'll you be just fine. Do, you could just do a raffle, dude. You can, you can get your money back that way. Give everybody you know a $5 in. And uh, for the chance to win the yeah. ring, I think, it, you know, you could at least subsidize a little bit that way. It's you know? just money. Who needs it? It'll be fine. Did you guys see that? Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, ne- who needs groceries or electricity? Yeah, need- that's that's shits. For yeah, with everything going up. Yeah. Who does need that? Uh, did you guys see the, did you see the uh, <laughs> No Holds Barred uh, figures were up on WWE shop um, pretty much like a week. I did, yeah, and they were shipping. Yeah, yeah, they were shipping at the same time. So no, that pissed me off. That, that yeah, was, that was my biggest beef with this whole thing. Mattel Creations told everybody they were sold out, didn't ship them for six months. WWE puts them up and ships them the next day. Like that yeah. pissed me off pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's pretty wretched. Um, let's get into uh, weekly purchases. Uh, have you guys had anything cool to the collection lately? I'll, I'll start. I had an epic uh, Facebook Marketplace score. I got a mint on card, old San Franciscan. Sis, excuse me, <laughs> stroke out there for a second. Old. <laughs> hey, in my in my defense, that is probably like the the biggest tongue twister of a figure company name ever. Old San Francisco toy makers, Hollywood Hogan, the LJN style figures, oh, not nice. the vibrator. So don't get all excited, Jordan. <laughs> it was the LJN style. But I got this thing mint on card for twenty five bucks from a lady in Waynesboro, Tennessee. Wow. Hmm. Okay, once again, everybody's stunned That's- into silence on that one, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I kicked off. I'm trying to put together a whole WCW OSFTM collection. I got. I went ahead and got some nice minty, uh, loose, but but really really fresh nasty boys off of uh, eBay as well. So I, I'm three down, probably about twenty something left to go. Uh, Jordan, you had anything cool recently? Uh, the only thing I got within the last week is I got a 
there was like a Funko release for Fright Night. Um, I just there was like a random box that I got that was really it. Like, oh, I got this week. Marco, how about you? Um, I grabbed the uh, well, actually, yeah, I picked up the uh, Sammy Guevara. I posted on the on the Facebook page for the uh, Target exclusive one. They started. Um, they're like everywhere now, which is very strange. Um, usually something like that you don't see, like show up right away it usually takes forever um and also probably the greatest figure ever i'm surprised you guys didn't bring this up the uh the the cm punk ringside exclusive that comes in the uh ice cream package oh is pretty God. awesome um the packaging is sick we got it yeah it just you know. <laughs> i think if you don't have anything nice to say it's best to say nothing at all that's why we didn't mention it's, the cm punk figure but you can't save 10 percent on it if you use code Chick Foley yeah. at ringside. And it's great. Uh, Marco, quick question. If you got it handy, dude, <laughs> are the upper arms, like the like the bicep part of your Sammy Guevara, were they on backwards? Um, Let me see. Hold on. Actually, I can grab it real quick. Uh, no. I saw reports on the WrestleFigs forums that a ton of people like the the arms are backwards on their Sammy Guevara. Oh, like they, like they, yeah, no, mine were, mine are regular. They're not, they're not backwards. Okay, or anything cool. like that. Yeah, mine was too, man. But I saw, I saw like one guy said he was at Target and like all 10 of them there had the backwards arm. So I don't know. I guess there's one batch of, uh, there's, there's a backwards arm variant like, of, uh, of Sammy floating like around the, out there. Like the left is on the right and the right is on the left. Like that type of deal or like it's just like their hinges. Yeah. Shaking. For the upper arms for that, bi- that bicep part. Yeah. They're, they're swapped. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Sorry, I got a perfect figure. All right, let's hear from Extra Cooler before we get into our uh, retro pick of the week. Hey everyone, it's Nick, better known as Extra Cooler. Is there anything better than diving back into the wrestling archives and watching classic matches from the past? Yes, there is. It's doing that with your buddies while cracking jokes and enjoying some ice-cold beverages. If that sounds like fun to you, then be sure to check out my new podcast, The Extra Cooler Show, where each episode, my Survivor Series team and I review an old-school match chosen by you, the listeners. The Extra Cooler Show is available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us for new episodes every other Thursday morning. Retro Wrestling Recommendation of the Week is where myself, the heel husband, Chick Foley and Marco, the MVP, give you guys a recommendation from a match or event from years gone by to get you through the weekend. This segment is brought to you by our good friends at Chalkline. Chalkline specializes in bringing you the absolute best in retro-inspired fan wear. They can be found on Instagram at ChalklineOfficial or at Chalk-Line.com. Sheena's got me cracking up. She... uh she mentioned it like I did, that's the first time we've actually used that drop in a while. We got to re-record it because Jordan's not mentioned on there. <laughs> I was like, Jordan, how you feel like gonna, getting left out, man? We're not gonna ask Jordan his Fuck opinion. You guys. I'm, Jordan's I'm not allowed to be the retro Fuck pick. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, um, like we said, I haven't done the retro wrestling recommendation in a while, and we cannot start it without asking the heel husband kicking it off with the chalkline check-in. So, heel husband, which of your 60 pair of chalk line shorts, are you rocking for tonight's retro wrestling recommendation of the week? Wow. <laughs> that was a mouthful. <laughs> That's what she yeah, said. <laughs> I'm rocking the. And I didn't even, it wasn't even a tongue twister. He can't even say San Francisco toy makers. And no, old, old San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> See, you can't say it either without laughing, dude. I'm rocking the uh, SummerSlam 98 purple triple eight shorts from his legendary ladder match against the Rock. Nice. So we want to go with either Halloween Havoc or at least like spooky supernatural wrestlers for the theme for this week's mm-hmm. retro pick. Um, Jordan, you can kick it off first, man, since we left you out of the drop. What is your retro pick for this no, week? No, I'm not in this segment. I, I refuse to say something. Oh, damn. Uh, fine. Aww. I'll go I'll go Halloween Havoc 1993. Uh, banger of a main event <sighs> with Vader and that Cactus Jack. Pick, That's all right. You guys can both elaborate. Like, I, I, I just love this show. Okay. I, I've watched it twice already this month. I, I love this show. I fall asleep watching this show almost every other night because I don't ever get through the whole thing. But, yeah, I love this show. <laughs> Is that an endorsement of how oh, yeah, good it is? Yeah. Or are you saying it's <laughs> Bro, really when good? I crack this thing open at 1230 after about eight beers, like I'm not going to make it through one of these shows. 
Yeah, I feel, I feel you. It's like your wrestling comfort food, man. That's how SummerSlam 92 is for me. I usually th- either throw on that or maybe like a WrestleMania 10. Uh, I was going to go Halloween Havoc 93 as well, just off that Cactus Jack Vader match, but I'll pivot. I will go Halloween Havoc 1995 just for the sheer goofiness of it. You had man versus man, machine versus machine. We saw the giant, a.k.a. the big show, a.k.a. Paul White, get thrown off the top of Cobo Hall <laughs> in Detroit and managed to come back and uh, win the world championship like 10 minutes later. So pretty epic stuff, man. Halloween Havoc 95. Marco, how about you? Oh, man, I'm going to go with um, uh, the self-proclaimed, if you listen to Folia's pod, Mr. In Your House, Mick Foley. I'm going with uh, Buried Alive, October 20th, 1996. It's Mankind versus The Undertaker. Um, Talk about spooky Mm -hmm. and crazy. Uh, Definitely uh, listen to the to that uh, episode where he actually goes in, in detail about the, the match and stuff like that. It's actually pretty good, but yeah, Mr. In Your House. I really love the, uh, just the whole set, like the set design of that match, man. I, I you know, it was the first time we were ever getting a buried alive yep. match and you didn't know what it was going to look like. And I thought the whole thing came off really, really cool for as, you know, kind of gimmicky as yeah. it was. Sheena, how about you finish it off? I'm going with The Undertaker. Mine's not as retro as your guys's, but still feels like a million years ago. The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in the Boneyard match. Um, I just feel like that was such a cool match. Well, also, it's kind of relevant because we got the return of uh, Gallows, Gallows and Anderson. Gallows apparently died during that match. They were <laughs> yeah. never seen again after they've co- that. They've come back to yeah. life after the Boneyard <laughs> match and reappeared at AJ's side. So, um, you know, that's a good tie-in. But I just think that was such a cool match because everything was so up in the air at that point during WrestleMania. We didn't know what was going to happen. And the fact that they managed to pull off that um, cinematic match, I think it just really showed us what WWE was capable of. And... Um, it really just helped like extend Undertaker's career. You know, I think it was just like, oh, well, we can we can take these legends and we can use them in a different way than we've ever used them before. Because you know, from the previous ma- matches that we saw Undertaker in, it was clear that you know there there was starting to be a little bit of uh, a rust on the bones. So I think this was just a really cool way. It to, gave him a proper send off. Gave him a pro- match. yeah, we gave him a proper him. send off. Um, the match was cool too. I thought the match, they, you know, at the time, I mean, I, I haven't really the gone best back. of the cinematic matches. I think yeah. I, the Firefly Funhouse seems to get a little bit more credit from that show just because it was so psychedelic and trippy and. We hadn't seen anything like it, but I'd rather go w- back and watch the Boneyard match. The Boneyard time. match was a lot of fun, yeah. So go back and watch it if you haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, even if they were having to pivot and do it because of the pandemic, like I don't know that they could have done anything better than that if they would have had an in-ring match. Like That really was yeah. one of the coolest things WWE has done over the last few years. So so great choice, Sheena. We're going to hear from our boy John Swallow, a.k.a. J-Bone, at Coming Down the Aisle, and then get into some listener mail. you want to feel the war of the crown? Go strap on those spandex undies and listen to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast hosted by me, J-Bone. Each week, I have a guest ranging from wrestlers, podcasters, and even some family members. The guests pick the match and we talk about it along with their fandom. Also, each week I provide my analysis in the wide world of wrestling and some figure talk. So get on, eat up, and subscribe to the Coming Down the Aisle podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts today. Ooh, yeah, dig it. All right, Sheena, hit us with this week's batch of listener mail. So our buddy Sam Bro hit us with, uh, who is your favorite comic book character? I'll pass you. I was like, don't do this, Seth. (laughs) Uh, Captain America has always been my favorite. Seth, don't retort anything on this. Just keep your mouth shut. I don't need any of your Batman comments right now. (laughs) What's wrong with Captain America? There's nothing wrong. He just just knows I always clown him on the comic books. Yeah, Captain America is by far my favorite. Marco, you got one? Marco, you got a favorite comic book character? Um, I'll go with Wolverine. I was always a Wolverine guy back in the day. Um, excited to see uh, they brought Hugh Jackman back for uh, for Deadpool 3, which would be pretty awesome. So, yeah. I'll say I'm, I'm not a huge like comic book uh, nerd, but I, I do love Batman. I think Batman's probably just like... Cool character. The coolest, yeah, the coolest character. Uh, I just, I, I love, you know, and obviously I love all the Batman films. I was never a big Batman comic book reader, but the Batman films always, I mean, they're they're always must see. You don't have, you don't have one, Seth? 
Jordan told me to keep my mouth okay. shut. Okay, all right, keep your mouth shut. All right, Sambro, hit us again. Where is AEW in five years? You going to answer for this one, Seth? <laughs> AEW in five years, yeah. They are going to be a tab on the WWE oh, Network okay. on Hulu. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. I, I, think, I think AEW and Peacock will both be gone five years from now. WWE Network is still going to be thriving, though. It's going to be on Hulu, and there's going to be a little section where you can go to, like, AEW's Greatest Hits. Damn. All right. Um Good buddy, Johnny JB, whenever you travel, do you look for local toy shops and which one was your favorite? Uh, I always, I always even say just, it doesn't have to be like my final like destination. Like if I'm stopping to get gas somewhere, like I usually just fire it up real quick and see if there's anything nearby because you just never know what kind of hidden gems you're going to find. Um, I, I don't necessarily have a like straight up favorite, but I'll give a shout out to two of my favorites, Yester Toys in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Um, Really, really cool shop. The owner's a big wrestling fan. I had some cool finds there. Jordan Jordan got some good stuff there as well uh, when we went. And then Music City Collectibles, wasn't Music that? Music City Toys. Uh, Music City Toys. Yeah, Music City Toys. It's actually not in Music City. It's about 45 minutes outside of town. And depending don't, on don't who's driving, drive there. <laughs> depending on who's driving, can be some dangerous roads. But it's well worth the trip if you're in the Nashville area. Um, specifically for wrestling fans. It was it was almost more of a museum than a store, just seeing all yeah. the stuff that they had there. Some really, really... I was particularly impressed by like their MOC play sets that they had. Like, it was just really cool seeing that stuff. Um, yeah, they had the Punjabi prison set. Just like some really obscure stuff. Marco, you guys got anything up in Boston, man? Like, I figure there's got, there's got to be something like that up in that area, right? Yeah, there's a couple, um, uh, like, comic store slash toy stores. There's... Um, there's- one that's called Comically Speaking. That's near my area. They have like a their first full the first floor of it is all comic books. And then if you go downstairs, there's a full toy store. So it's a double decker type deal. Um, and then there's another one called Nick's Comic Strip. Um, they uh, actually the Matt Cardona was there like uh, in August doing a signing and stuff like that. They're pretty pretty famous as well. But yeah, those are those are probably the main two. I know I know there's one in like um, Rhode Island. Um, I can't, I forget the name of it, but yeah, those are the, probably the top two, um, in the area for toy stores. But yeah, so if you're in the area, definitely, um, travel to those two locations. They're awesome people there too, as well. All right. Um, Tyson, Neil Trevino, if you could book a Royal Rumble of horror movie character, a uh, horror movie icons past and present. Who would be in it? I'm gonna kick this to, to Jordan to first. 30, yeah. 30 people. Thirty. Yeah. Man, that's gonna be a. I mean, yeah. well, we don't have to give thirty. Just I mean, you, you got you, obviously you gotta have the uh, staples. You gotta have Michael Myers. I mean, thirty. I think if you did thirty, you could pretty much cover the gamut. I'll, I'll say let's let's do five. Who who are gonna be your top? Let's five? do your final four. Who's the final four in that rumble? Everybody Ooh. pick one. The final four. Dang. I'm going. Ca- I'm going Dang. Captain okay. Spaulding for my um, final four character. Oh, okay. You know the, the Captain Spaulding's cool, but he's just he's just a mere mortal. You know, he like uses he's guns though. He he's, does, he, does yeah. pack he does have guns, uh, but I, I'm gonna have to go with Leatherface. Leatherface is big dude season. Chainsaw. He's We're, got a freaking chainsaw. He wears like protective gear. He's got the leather apron, so he's not gonna you know even if you he's not gonna take very many blows. He wears a mask. You know, I, I think the chainsaw really gives you the advantage. And people, I'm thinking people are just inherently fearful of of uh, chainsaw. Like that sound, I think alone just you know, strikes a fear in your yeah. heart. Um, I'm going to go. I think I'm going Michael Myers, okay. dude. Dude showed himself to be a beast. The last couple of Halloween movies, he's athletic. He's big. He can take a shot. So, you know, he can neutralize captain Spalding's gun. Like he's just going to walk right through yeah. that shit, that little revolver. Um, and yeah, like Leatherface, come on. Leatherface is like, not the brightest. He's just a big bore. Like Michael, Michael Myers, he's not going to rush into any dangerous spots. He's going to be cool, calculated, and just eliminate the competition, man. Uh, Marco, who, who do you got that could take out Mike Myers? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh because this movie is one of my favorite horror movies. I do not know why. Um, I'm gonna go with Jason Voorhees. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth uh, Part Six is probably like one of my. I don't know why it's one of my favorite movies. I used to watch it all the time when I was younger. Um, is that when Jason takes Manhattan? No, no, no. Uh, six is uh, or was that so. part? That was eight. That was eight. Six is when he. It's like a. Okay. If I remember correctly, there was like a new blood, maybe. I forget what yeah, it is. It's, it's just a it. wacky. Fire up the Google machine it's a wacky ass movie. Like there's like a paintball competition happening during it, and uh, in the woods, and obviously, you know, that's a bad idea at Camp Crystal Lake to have a. So they're still at Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Jason. Jason lives. lives yes. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with him because 
he's the only one that actually went to space too. There's Jason, uh, the last movie, he was actually in space so he could survive uh, gravity that, at all. That doesn't, that doesn't help you. <laughs> that doesn't help you in the ring at all. Also, Jason's just a big mama's boy, well, dude. He's like, he's like a little well, whiny bitch. Hold dude. On. Like he's like, eh, mommy. Hold on. Like, Andy, yeah, I just feel Andy like he killed Freddie. Let's not forget this. He killed one of the major icons in, in, in horror movies. So, I mean, I think it, I think true, it's but Freddy, Freddy's not even Freddy's not even valid. You know, you know how much I love Freddy Krueger. Freddy's not even valid in the real Who's world. Who's gonna put so, I mean, Wait, you're you saying know. the chain Texas Chainsaw or Leatherface is not a mama's boy? At least, come on. I mean, <laughs> hey, imagine if he's, Freddy, a, he's more of a family man. <laughs> imagine if Freddy Krueger was tag team partners with somebody that used like the sleeper hold for their finisher. Oh dude, 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 that would be the greatest tag team yeah, of all probably. time. <laughs> the million dollar dream yeah. with Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So I mean. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's we got, you know, between the million dollar nightmare. The million dollar nightmare. Between the four of us, we covered the, the four horror. You guys icons. aren't thinking kayfabe though. Yeah. Like, dude, Captain Spaulding's a human. Like, dude, he's gonna outsmart them in the ring. I'm telling you. True. He'll bring uh bring Mother Firefly out uh, there. Dude, like Michael Myers is smart, bro. Yeah, Mike Myers is hey. smart. He's very crafty. I mean, the dude, the dude had never really he, he's been in prison since he was like seven years old, and somehow he figured out how to drive a car all the way to freaking Hayden. <laughs> Or what? Sure uh, Haddonfield, yeah, Haddonfield. Like, no, he he, he, he stole, stole the car, the car right, and he, he drove it all the way to Haddonfield, right. dude. Hey, like, Mick, how about I can't believe nobody picked uh, Kane from See No Evil. No. <laughs> Dude, or Hornswoggle yeah. from the Leprechaun. Dude, I'm telling you, Captain Spaulding's going to bring the Tutti Fruity and the fried chicken, and nobody can resist Tutti fried chicken and Tutti Fruity. <laughs> the Tutti He's going to lure him in with the fried chicken and then bring Otis in as a, as a run-in, dude. I think... Otis is the real menace of the uh, of the Firefly family, dude. Good question, TNT, man. You definitely yeah. sparked some serious uh, debate and conversation. All right. This question is from Sambro, specifically for me. It says, uh, Sheena, what is your favorite coffee? Do you drink natural, organic, et cetera? So she, so she actually doesn't drink <laughs> this- coffee. Uh, if you listen to, if you go to the archives. Yeah, go back in the archives. <laughs> uh, colon cleanse or yeah, whatever. She yeah, you can put coffee it. in both she hands. Takes, she drinks it, but not in her both. We'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. That go back in the archives and find find out about um about know, butt chug coffee enemas, <laughs> butt chugging coffee. Yeah. Um. So favorite coffee? Yeah, I I go back and forth. I have a lot of different coffees. Um. I always try to like. I'll drink coffee from anywhere. Like from like gas stations to like Starbucks to like really high end, like mom and pop, like shops and stuff like that. Like I love all coffee across the board, but when I'm buying coffee at home, I try to look for like single origin grown at high altitudes, organic, um, you know, just mycotoxin free, mold free, fair trade. Like those are all things that are important to me when you're buying coffee because I drink coffee every day. So something that you're going to ingest in your body every day, you want to make sure that it's you know, organic. Like I said, if you're just going to eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's every once in a while, it's no big deal. Like, you know, that how much crap is in there. Right. However, something that you're going to take in every day, uh, just make sure it's the the best. And I think by looking for a, an organic specifically, because coffee is one of the most highly sprayed with pesticides and herbicides, like as far as like crops are concerned. Um, and since it's grown in like humid climates, it can also have mold in it too. So if you're looking for a good high quality coffee, um, Keon is a good one. Purity coffee is a good one. I think there's one called spirit. Uh, so yeah, none so, of these are sponsors of the chick Foley show either. So <laughs> yeah, no, if you want to sponsor the chick Foley show, go ahead. But yeah, you can Google, just Google, um, and it'll give you a good list of, of places to start. It's worth it to get a, a really high end, good coffee. And it's still cheaper than buying coffee out, you know, in, uh, in town. So Sambro, I hope that answered your question. I know nobody else has any input because nobody else gives a shit. <laughs> uh, Zach Hertzler says, what's your thoughts on Blink-82 going on tour next 182. year? Blink-182. That's what I said. No, you said Blink-82. You said Blink-82. I said Blink-182. <laughs> I said Blink-182. Jordan. You said Blink-82. We're, the, we're going to the booth for review. First of all, who has ever heard of Blink-82? You Nobody. That's why I, I made sure to clarify. <laughs> you literally said Blink-82. Oh I said Blink-182. No, you- I can't wait to listen back on this. So listeners, give us some feedback. 
back. Did you guys hear Blink eighty two or Blink one eighty two? Either way, she it was just a it was just a uh, a slip of the tongue. Sheena definitely knows Blink one eighty two. We all all of us came up late nineties. So the small um, right. I am not a you know I, I enjoyed Blink one eighty two back in you know ninety nine two thousand or whatever. They were really cool. I have no desire to see them in concert in twenty twenty two. But you know if anybody does, more power to them, and I hope you have a great time at the show. Same. I don't, does anybody else have any? We don't have any strong like, opinions. On we don't Blink have any like closeted uh, Blink One Eighty Two fans. Uh, I can't. Maybe. I can't. I can't speak. I, I went to a Limp Bizkit concert like years back, so well after they were all done. So I can't. I can't. <laughs> Limp Bizkit not. I can't. Man. I can't yeah. talk crap about that. But my wife is excited. She definitely wants to go see uh, uh, Blink One Eighty Two as well as my buddy Jay, who's a huge punk rock fan. So. Yeah, there's at least there's a couple of people I know that <laughs> want to go. You have to me. let us. You have to let us know how how they how they hold up after all these years. Uh, Zach Hertzler also wants to know what is your favorite lunch meat for a sandwich. Mm. That's mm. tough. I probably got to go turkey, man. But I I used to hate ham. I've developed more of a taste for ham over the last like year and a half or so. I've come I've come to appreciate it. But it's t- ham's usually like a compliment to something else. So I'll probably go turkey. Yeah, I like turkey too because turkey is just a good, meaty, mild like base layer. Yeah. Base layer. Yeah. Cause you can pretty much stack anything on a turkey sandwich. I mean you can add bacon, you can add chicken, ranch, all the veggies, whatever you want. Like it just makes for a good, good base protein layer. Base for your yeah. Sandwich. Like I mean I, I think roast beef is probably like a superior meat. Like I love like a roast beef sandwich. But just for like, if I have one sandwich meat to like get me through the rest of my life, something that's a little more versatile, I got to go, you got to go with turkey, dude. It complements all the cheeses. It's just a good, a good match. What about you guys? Sandwich meat of choice. Hmm. I would go black forest ham for sure. Yeah. Ham has always been my favorite. (laughs) He answered confidently. Same hair, like a honey ham or something like that too. Dude, ham is, ham is. I hate honey ham. ham, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I could I gotta have like smoked ham or something like that. I can't do this I don't like the sweet meat. <laughs> you don't like that sweet, sweet meat. That's, that's what I've heard about you. That's a uh, that's a sounds like a personal <laughs> yeah. issue there, but um yeah. yeah. I'm all about the sweet meat, this guy over here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need to clip that that's out. That's got a personal <laughs> vendetta against sweet meats. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, Seth always. I remember. I remember one time specifically. I bought some sort of like brown sugar ham, and Seth was like, "I can hate ham." And I was like, "Oh, okay, thanks." Like, I know. just, I don't know, dude. I've never been into mixing sweet with savory, dude. It's it's oh, very rare that something like that. What works. do you think that I love they, the sweet savory? Yeah, that's the term, dude. sweet and savory. Like, I don't. That's. Yeah, dude. If you if you drizzle like if you have a good steak and it's got like salt and pepper oh. and you drizzle like a little honey on top oh, of it, dude, it no, is dude. so good. Seth dude. is just here to no, watch the world I would burn. Not one bite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that wraps up our listener mail for this evening. Thanks everybody that sent in your questions. Always appreciate it. It's just like that's the best way to end the show. I always look forward to listener mail uh, there to wrap things up. Uh, that is it for us. It's a relatively zippy 66 minutes on tonight's show. Uh, Sheena, remind the listeners where they can find you guys on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Chick Foley, Marco Ren, the Twitter machine, Chick Foley Show. Find all of our links at chickfoley.com. Follow all of our Pod Foundation brothers at, at Pod Foundation on Instagram. And reminder use code Chick Foley to save 10% at Ringside Collectibles. And it is now time. I'm still in the hot seat, going for three straight. Approaching my record of four straight trivia questions, Sheena, hit me with your best shot. At the September 1995 in your house, who were the tag team champs? So this is a trick question. All right. Okay. No, there's Coming one. In, there's one correct answer. No. Well, I'll there's explain one. it, and we could we may have to go to Wikipedia on this one, or Jordan or Marco. Just give me the cosign. So going into the night, the tag team champs were. Owen Hart and Yokozuna, but Owen Hart missed his flight in kayfabe and British Bulldog took his spot for the main event match against Sean and Diesel. And then Sean and Diesel went on to win that match and win the tag team championships. So it could say, I don't know how they interpreted it. It could be Owen and Yoko. It could be Yoko and the Bulldog, or it could be Sean and Diesel. Well, 
the fact that you got all three multiple choice answers um, <laughs> on there, I think I'll go ahead and give you the uh, the correct answer. What did they, they say? They have it listed as Yoko and the Bulldog. Yeah, that makes uh, sense because they ended up defending it, and then Owen Owen magically showed up for the end of the match and got pinned. yeah. But the, they gave three multiple choice answers. You know, we don't we don't give the multiple choice on here because we expect these guys to be experts. Uh, it was Yoko and Bulldog, Shauna Diesel, and Yoko and Owen. Quick bonus uh, retro pick on that card: the match right before the main event is Bret Hart versus Jean-Pierre Lafitte, uh, more commonly known now as PCO on the indies. Um, that is a hell of a match, man. A, a true hidden gem there from the, the early In Your House days. So, so check that out. That's September 95, In Your House. Uh, Sheena, you got any closing thoughts for us this week? Eat your sweet mates. <laughs>